years. He was the assistant pastor at the church in Williamsburg at Harvest Baptist Church, and he recently transitioned to being the dean of men at Faith Baptist Bible College, and Charlie's going to come share the word with us tonight. Okay, let me get a good look at you, junior boys. Okay, that's the first item of business for tonight. I'm not, I'm going to try my best not to call you junior boys. You're junior men, right? Yeah, there we go. So this is, from this point on, not junior boys camp, it is junior men camp, right? Amen, there we go. You guys having a good time so far? Good. Austin, if you would, could you pull back up that last song we just sang? Now, I know you're going to have a lot of fun this week, okay? And you've had a lot of fun today, and you're going to have a lot of fun tomorrow and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. But we're not here for fun, men. Our number one goal this week is this, that in these times, in the evenings, in the mornings with Pastor Matt, in your cabins when you do your devotions, when you read from the scriptures, we're here to have our eyes, and it's not talking about our real eyes, the eyes of our heart, to have us see and learn more about God. And I'm going to guarantee you, if you make that your chief desire this week, it's not going to be just fun. It's going to be the best week of your life. God can do something in your life in the next four or five days if you let him, if you turn to him, okay? And so when we're here in chapel, and it's just not just in the evenings, in the mornings, anytime we're looking at God's word, understand that this isn't something that people just do because it's fun. There's a God in heaven that wants you to have a life with him. And that starts where we have our eyes opened and we understand who he is and we draw into relationship with him through Christ. And we're going to talk about that all week, but it starts right now in our chapel where we are going to bow. And I'm going to ask you as we open in prayer, I want you to really pray this. I don't know what your relationship with God is right now. I don't know what families you come from. I don't know if you go to church all the time. If you've been to Bible camp before, you didn't even know Bible camps existed, okay? What I want you to do, I'm going to pray out loud. And as I pray out loud, regardless of what you think about God and the Bible, whether or not you really know about that relationship or know about Christ, would you ask God when I pray out loud to do this? Say, God, I want you to teach me about your son this week. And if you give your, your heart to that, to that goal, it'll be a great week together, okay? So let's pray together first. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for this opportunity to come and to study your word together. And Father, as we look to the future this week in your word, I pray that you would use these times studying your words to mold a group of men that now, in the quietness of their hearts, they would be turning and, and seeking you. And maybe they have no idea what that means. They have no idea what that looks like, should look like. 
God, I just pray that in each of their hearts, they'd take the next step of their faith this week. And I pray now you would start to open our eyes spiritually to see the needs that we have. And when you show us those needs, I pray that through your word, you would continue to draw us closer to your son, Jesus Christ. And we know that you're going to start doing that tonight. So, Father, thank you for each of these men that are here with us this week. Help us to have a safe and fun week. But most importantly, in these times in chapel, help us to grow, to grow spiritually and to grow into the men that you want us to be. And Father, as we always do, we ask and pray these things in the precious name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, if you have a Bible, I would like you to turn to James chapter 4, those passages on the screen. And as you're turning, I have to plug something in, so don't get distracted yet. But we're going to use this later in our chapel. And you can just look at it and think about what it is for now, okay? Uh, what is this? I don't know, but Charlie's going to plug it in first. Okay, there we go. Okay, now, we're going to look at that in a little bit, but for about 15 minutes, don't worry about it. I know all you're going to do is want to look at that, but I want you to look at James 4. And uh, Austin, can we just jump ahead to those verses? There we go. Okay, we're going to read this. I'm going to read it out loud. I'd ask you to follow along, okay? James chapter 4, starting in verse 13. If you don't have a Bible, you can look off your neighbor, or it's all up on the screen, okay? The Bible says, verse 13, Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell, and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance, all such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Okay, now we can jump back to the front of our PowerPoint. What's our theme this week? Look to the future. What is the future? Okay, what, what's the present? That's like right now, right? So the future is something that's going to happen after now, right? So what's tomorrow? The future, right? And it's not just tomorrow as in today's Monday or Tuesday. What about a week from now? What's going to happen a week from now? Well, that's the future, isn't it? Now, most of you are, well, how old are you guys? 10, 11, 12? 9? Now, what about 10 years from now? Is that the future, too? Yes. Now, okay, now calm down for a moment. I want to ask you a question about the future. Maybe next week, this week, or a couple of years from now. Do you know what's going to happen in the future? No. You do not know. Hey, okay, let's pay attention. I know you love to talk, but this is my time. And I'm going to treat you like men, so you need to be quiet like men. Okay? You don't know what's going to happen in the future. Did you catch it in those verses? You don't know what tomorrow will bring. In fact, people have tried to predict the future before. Okay? So let's look at some bad predictions about the future that have happened in the past. There was a movie in 1993 that predicted by the year 2032, every restaurant in the world would be a Taco Bell. Yep. No more McDonald's, 
No more Hardee's or Arby's or Albee Taco Bell. Now, any of you think that's actually going to happen? No. no. That's absolutely silly. Now, I love tacos, okay? But that's not going to happen. That's a bad prediction. They have no idea what's going to happen. Here's another one. There's a movie, Back to the Future. They predicted that by the year 2015, we would be rolling around on hoverboards. How many of you... Okay, now I knew you would say something like, oh, we've got those. No, we don't. You see those pictures? He's levitating off the ground. We have nothing like that. And they said in 2015 we would. Oh, no, we don't. At least not that can support a guy like me. Now, they almost got a prediction, right? They predicted that the Cubs would win the World Series in 2015. And that was wrong, but they won it one year later. They were close. But if you start making predictions about what's going to happen tomorrow or next week or next year, we have no idea what's actually going to happen. We don't know what the future holds. Now, if you look at those verses again, what do these guys in James 4, verse 13, what are they assuming they know about the future? They said, you can look at it again, they said, Today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city. We will spend a year there. They think that they have the next year planned out. We're going to go to this location. We're going to be there for a year. And what are they going to do there? We're going to buy and sell. We're going to make a profit. They thought they had the future locked down. We know what's going to happen. We're going to go to this city, and we're going to make money. It's going to be great. And what does the Bible, what does God say to that idea about knowing what the future will hold? He says, verse 14, do you see it up there? It's underlined. You do not know what will happen tomorrow. Will you say that with me? You do not know what will happen tomorrow. Now we're looking to the future, right? So the next year, five years of your life, what about 10 or 20 years? I'm, I'm 26, so a little bit older than you. When I was your age, I never thought in a million years I would be speaking at a Bible camp, okay? Where are you going to be in 15 years? The answer that the Bible says is, you've got no clue. You might think you know, you might have some ideas about what you want, what you don't want. You might want to go to college. You might want to get a good job and make money. You might want to have a nice big home, a nice family. But guess what? You've got no idea what will happen in the future. That's the big foundation of what we're going to look at this whole week is that there are no guarantees about tomorrow, man. Absolutely none. In fact, that skit about God's grace, you know, it's God's grace. It's undeserved to just be alive right now. We're not even guaranteed to be alive tomorrow, let alone knowing what's going to happen for years in advance. And so these men in chapter 4, verse 13, that are making these plans about their future, they're absolutely silly because they have no idea What's going to happen? Now, here's a really tough question. It's not really tough. 
We, as people, don't know what happens in the future. But who does? God. Now, do you understand why God knows what's going to happen in the future? It's because he's the one that made it all. Okay, so we've already referenced it. It wasn't just thousands of years ago. It was before time existed, God existed. And he said, you know, I'm going to create. And everything you've ever laid your eyes on, this camp, the earth, the sky, each other, all of it was made by an all-powerful, all-knowing God. He, because he made the universe and created time, he's the only one who knows what the future holds. So now stay with me. If I'm over here and I'm trying to plan my future, and I don't know what tomorrow will hold, but God, so God's over here, I should have Cole come back up and be God for us again. God does know the future, right? So why wouldn't I, when I make plans, consider the Lord? I could try to plan my life. I could try to think about the future. But at the end of the day, I don't know. But he does. You might have no idea who God is. You might not have a relationship with him right now. And you might have lived your whole life not knowing there was a God out there that loved you and wants to help you plan your life. And I'm here to tell you, young men, He is there. And He knows everything that will happen in your life every day, what will happen tomorrow. He's going to know when you're disappointed. He's going to know when you're happy. He knows what you want right now. He knows what you're thinking right now. And so if we want to start looking to the future... There's only one good place to start. We could try to look on our own, but we should look to him. Okay? And that's exactly what the verses tell us, by the way. If you look back down, it says, You do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Verse 15. We'll come back to the vapor. Okay? Verse 15. Instead... Instead of looking to the future and not considering that there is a God who knows and loves you, instead of not forgetting him, you should ask him what he wants. Verse 15, instead you ought to say, if the Lord wills, and that word wills, it's desire, if that's what God wants. You ever have your parents say, what do you want? You know, you go to the store. What do you want for your birthday? What do you want for Christmas? What do you want to eat tonight? You ever have that happen to you? Yep. Now, what does the Bible say here? When we're looking to the future, we should turn to the Lord in prayer and say, God, what do you want with my future? And these guys, in verse 13, are making their plans, and they're not asking God what he wants, and he tells them that this is wrong. Okay, verse 16, but now you boast in your arrogance, all such boasting is evil, therefore to him who knows to do good and does not do it to him, it is sin. And what is sin? It's making a decision that God would want you to make the opposite of. And he says here, now you've all heard it, 
if you know that it's wrong to make plans without God, and you do it anyway, if you go and plan your life out, you plan your own future, and you don't consider what God wants, he tells you right there, that's wrong. That's not how you should live your life. And at a young age, man, you need to grasp that. Your life is not for you. You were created by him, and he has a plan for you. He has desires for what he wants you to do. And if you now look to your future and say, no, I don't care what the Lord wants, it's wrong. And that's why we're starting with that on Monday night. I want you to consider, have I ever asked God what he wants of my life? You might have grown up and gone to church all your life, but you might have never asked, Jesus, what do you want me to do with my life? Your parents might have opened the word with you. You might own a Bible. You might own 20 of them. But you might not have ever asked, God, what do you want with my life? And when we start looking to the future, there's only one way to look. It's to look to him. Any other way of planning my future, any plan that doesn't include him, is wrong. Okay, and that's where you look in your notes and we have some, some bullets, okay? And it's going to summarize what we just talked about, okay? So, number one, your bullet, your top bullet. If you have a pen, you want to fill this in. We do not know what tomorrow will bring, right? It says it right there in verse 14. We do not know what tomorrow will bring. We are foolish to exclude, to keep God out of our plans. And then the last bullet, we sin by making plans without God. I'm going to give you a few moments to write that down if you're taking notes. We do not know what tomorrow will bring. We are foolish to exclude God from our plans. And we sin by making plans without God. Now here's a question for you guys. If God knows everything about your future, why wouldn't we ask him? Now just think about that for a moment. If God really does know everything about you and loves you, now just think about it, I want you to answer. Why wouldn't we? Why don't we just run to God? If he is like he says he is, that's amazing. We should want him involved in our lives. But the problem is that little word there that we mentioned, it's sin. And the way we were born, we don't naturally go to God. We actually are his enemies. And that's why Christ died on the cross, and we're going to talk about this all week. But if you want to start making plans with God, it starts with understanding your relationship to Jesus Christ, that as a sinner, I do deserve punishment. But God's grace was that he died in my place. And if I ask him to forgive me of my sins and turn to him, then I can start making plans with him, and my life changes in amazing ways. And each one of you this week, I want you to think about that. Have I really turned to the Lord and started making him a part of my future plans? Okay, and we're going to talk a lot more about that in the next coming nights. But I want us to go back to verse 14 again. Where it says, what is your life? It is even a vapor. Can someone tell me what vapor is? 
Shout it out. Yeah, it's that stuff that rises off a hot cup of coffee, and none of you should drink coffee yet. If you do, stop, okay? You're not old enough for it. I guess you, you're men. Okay, okay. Calm down, calm down. I'm not trying to rally you up. You can drink all the coffee you want, okay? Now, when the Bible says that your life is like vapor, what's it talking about? It's talking about how your life is really, really short, okay? In scope of eternity, so we're making plans for the future, right? And we want to include God in those plans. He's trying to remind us here that your life is really short. And so that when we're talking about making plans, it's not about making a plan about what kind of car am I going to drive or what kind of college am I going to go to. Those plans, are, what am I going to happen when my life's over? And you need to think about that because your life is like vapor. Okay? Now, what happens with vapor? Okay? Now, watch carefully. I hope this works. You can still see it, right? Oh, it's gone. Did you catch what the Bible said about your life? That's your life right here. Let's look again. How long is your life going to be in light of eternity? Okay, okay, calm down, calm down. Now here, shh, this is my time, men. Let's be men here, okay? Now the point is, if you don't make plans beyond this vapor, your life's going to be gone real quick, okay? Now I could hold this, I filled this all the way up, and I could hold this button down, and I could spray it for about two minutes, and we'd watch it for about two minutes, and be like, whoa, wow, we're not going to do that, by the way. Maybe after chapel or sometime this week, we'll see how long we can do this. But after we're done, after the water left this tank, guess what? It's gone. And it's not coming back. Okay? And what the Bible says in verse 14 is that's you. Your life on this earth is short. It's going to rise up like that steam in just a few seconds. You're not even going to see it anymore. And the reason why that's important to know is that if you want to start making plans with the Lord, you need to do it now, young people. You don't have 50, 60 years. You don't get to wait because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. There's absolutely no guarantee you're going to be sitting in chapel tomorrow night. And I hope you are because I love you. But it might not happen. Okay? A couple of months ago, guys, I was having a normal day. I got a phone call. And unexpectedly, my dad passed away. Nobody knew there was anything wrong. One moment he was there. Next moment, he was gone. Thankfully, he made plans with the Lord. He looked to the future, and he'd turn to Christ. But he wasn't planning on being gone when he was 65. He was planning to live until he was 90. We had a lot of fish to catch. But guess what? You're looking to the future. You're making plans. What's going to happen tomorrow? Well, I don't know. God does know. Well, okay, I'll incorporate God in my plans, but I'll wait a few days. I'll do what I want first. I'm going to warn you. 
you need to start thinking tonight, right now, at the beginning of this week. I need to incorporate him now because there's no guarantee tomorrow. Are you doing that? Okay, and I have a couple of questions here. And you can see at the bottom of your page, it says, Our life is like a vapor. It is temporary and short. So we should be quick to incorporate the Lord in our plans. These questions, here we go. I want you, you can write them down, or you can just think about them. But I want you to consider these questions now, because our lives are vapor. Before you go to bed tonight, I want you to think about this, okay? If life is like vapor, right? Right? It's gone. What's really important? If my life is short and it's going to just disappear, what should I really live for? And I want you to think about that. I want you to think about it tonight. I want you to think about that this week. Is God a part of your future plans? Have you turned to him? Have you asked him what he wants of your life? If you haven't, you should. If you haven't, you should do that today, tonight. And if you'd like to do that, talk to your counselor. Come talk to me. And then here are some questions to think about that a little bit more. How do I make God a bigger part of my life? And how do I start preparing for eternity now? And I've used that word, and Pastor Parrott used that word, eternity. That's this idea that once your physical life is over, you have a part of you, your soul, that isn't over. Your body will die, and we'll talk about this tomorrow night, but you, your soul, will live forever. It doesn't just go away. And based on the plans you make with the Lord, if you know Him and His Son, you live with Him. But if you don't make plans with the Lord, you don't live with Him. And, in fact, you live in a place of punishment called hell. So, how do I start preparing for my eternity now? Because, you know, if I had to choose <laughs> eternity of punishment, eternity with God in heaven and praising Him, this one sounds better, doesn't it? Well, how do I start preparing for that now? And I just want you, young men, to start thinking about those questions. Ask yourself. You don't have... You can just think within yourself. Have I turned to the Lord in my life? Have I made any plans with Him? Do I know what's going to happen in eternity with my soul? And we don't know when we'll enter eternity. So we better consider that now. Okay? That's really simple, guys. What are the big ideas tonight? We want to make plans with the Lord because making plans without Him is wrong. And if I don't make plans with Him, I'll spend eternity away from Him. So I'm going to close in prayer here. I hope you've written down or thought through some of these questions. I'm going to challenge you tonight to think through those questions. And if you need to talk to a counselor about that, you want to talk to someone about turning and making plans with the Lord, find your counselor or come and find me. But let's pray now, and then we'll close with a, one last song, okay? Let's pray.